I love that you guys brought up flexibility. It's the fact that it looks different, right? When you have your kids and you don't have your kids, all of a sudden you go from um, being the Uber driver, like Andrea said, and you know, having all this like no time to yourself to a lot of time where the, your diet looks a little bit different. And it's like, holy cow, I can spend any time I want at the gym, right? So it's like, it's very, very different. So flexibility is huge. Hey guys, it's Corey from Redefining Strength. Welcome to the Fitness Hacks podcast. So busy moms, busy parents, this episode is for you. If you've been struggling to prioritize your needs, your goals, you know, find something sustainable that actually helps you move forward while allowing you to be there for everybody else in your life, I've got some fabulous tips to help. And I'm so excited to share my team of trainers and their advice as well, because I have some fabulous moms on my staff that just have great perspectives, whether they're now an empty nester or they're a mom of young kids, single parents as well. So I'm excited to share that segment with them so they can share all of their fabulous tips through their different stages of being a parent and how they've managed to navigate them, still prioritize their needs and goals as well. I'll also share some amazing macro hacks to help you work in those veggies, make family meals that your family will enjoy, and then also share some amazing workout tips that help you dial in your training so that you can see results no matter your busy schedule. So let's dive right in. But before we do, again, I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who has left a review. This helps me keep the episode sponsorship free, so please go leave a review if you haven't yet. All right, let's dive into the tips and how you can prioritize your needs and goals to see results. I feel selfish doing that. I've heard this phrase said by multiple parents in the program when they're you know, doing the coaching, trying to put in their workouts, trying to meal prep. It can feel selfish when we're focusing on our needs and goals. But I think it's really key we realize the importance of leading by example. Telling your kids not to do something, telling your friends to do something or not do something, that's all well and good. Like we've all seen ourselves do it, right? When a friend is, you know, saying, oh, I feel guilty doing this. Oh, you shouldn't feel guilty. You need to get in your workouts at the same time that we feel guilty and don't prioritize our workouts, right? So we tell people to do things, but I think the leading by example, it inspires more people than we realize. It allows our kids to know that it is okay to have needs and goals and prioritize those even while they're taking care of other people. And I think if there's one thing I want you to get out of this episode, it's how important it is that you do really prioritize what you need and lead by example. It is not selfish as much as it can be hard to take that step back. But if we're drawing from an empty cup, if we're not taking care of ourselves, we can't really truly take care of other people. You know, it's like one of the analogies I use is even like workouts, right? If you're not resting in between rounds, as much as we want to skip the rest because it doesn't feel like we're actually doing anything, if you're not resting between rounds, you're not able to go at a true 100% percent intensity each and every time. It might feel like we're giving everything, but we're not actually able to give everything. So if you're not taking care of yourself, you are drawing from an emptier and emptier cup and not able to truly take care of everyone else in your life. So if you're starting to feel guilty with making some changes, I want you to pause and think, what would I tell a friend in this situation? If they're saying, oh, I feel you know so selfish, like I, I should be doing this, this and this, you would be like, no, you need to take care of yourself. No, you deserve these goals. No, you are a person too. No, you are inspiring other people. All those things you would say to your friends, pause and say them to yourself. 
Remember, you need to take care of your health so you can be there to support everybody else. Not to mention, you are representing a lifestyle you want your kids to live. You are leading by example. And I can tell you that was incredibly important in my life. I've seen it incredibly important in my clients' life and how they're inspiring their families, their friends to make changes, my trainers, their kids, the, the lives they're inspiring through how they're acting. But with my mom, seeing her take care of herself, seeing her train, seeing her fuel, no matter what was going on, the fact that she was a busy mom, a single parent working, you know, and taking care of us, like all these things inspired me to be strong and prioritize myself too. So remember that it is not selfish. You need to take care of yourself to be there for everybody else, but you're also leading by example and inspiring more people than you realize by prioritizing your needs and goals. And I'm excited to share some tips and even jump in with my trainers to how you can make sure that you're prioritizing yourself in a way that truly is creating even a healthier, happier lifestyle for all of those around you. I'm super excited to chat about the challenges that parents and specifically moms face when they are trying to make dietary changes. It's very easy to not prioritize yourself and not make your needs, your goals important. So I'm excited to share some great tips for my coaches and how they have prioritized themselves at each stage of parenting. So we're gonna start with Kathy and we're gonna talk about being an empty nester and how that has changed how you approach your diet and exercise routine. Any tips for women balancing you know, their new parenting status and even maybe jobs as well? Um, well, yeah, so I am a fairly new empty nester. I have three kids and my youngest left for college last fall and actually just came back home and I ran out of hot water yesterday morning when I went to take my shower and then was told that there was no food in the house. So all the things that you get to kind of rearrange, those things I missed last fall, I'm kind of like, okay, when do you leave again? But um, for me, as far as for exercise, um, I've kind of built my habit. And that has never really changed. Um, even when I was working, um, you know, not from home or in a coaching position, but was working out in a gym, I got up every morning, I went to the gym early. Now I work from home, I get up every morning, I go to the gym early. It's just kind of what works for me. So finding that time, if you are now kind of like, okay, what do I do? Think about those times that maybe you would have been running a kid somewhere or, you know, on a Saturday morning, if you would have been at some sort of a competition or a meet with one of your kids, that's a great time to try and build that in. And I think too, one of the things that can really um, help is I think exercise can be a really good catalyst for new relationships because I think it's really hard for women. We're all friends with our kids as friends as parents and then we all go different ways and we go different directions. And maybe, maybe some of those people still have kids at home. So they're still doing some of those, you know, high school things or, and, and I'm not. So, you know, getting into a gym, if that's something, you know, um, that interests you trying to take a class, maybe something different that you haven't taken before looking for a sport, whether it's a sport, maybe you did when you were younger, um, or, you know, pickleball is now everywhere. I know, I know it is in Ohio. I'm assuming it is everywhere, but you know, find meeting people that way, exercise that way can be a great way to kind of build some of those new relationships. Um, as far as food, you know, the one thing that I've always done, um, when I go to log my food or track my food, I always put my dinner in first. I might be totally happy eating like a salad every night or, or something, 
you know, my husband, my son, when he was home, my family, they would not be, they'd be like, nope, we're not doing that. So we actually do a meal meal service. And when I get that, I put it in first. And if it's, you know, a little higher in fat, then maybe I don't get peanut butter with my breakfast. And I just kind of make those swaps out. But that has, has really worked for us in keeping everybody kind of happy. That's such an interesting shift in mindset, I think, that you don't even think will happen, right? You've had these other priorities. And so your life has been focused on those things. And a lot of your relationships, your scheduling has come out of your kids. And all of a sudden, you got time back. But it's like, what do you do with that? And finding this new purpose can be harder than we realize. And seeing exercises, that opportunity to build the relationships is really awesome. Yeah. You know, the other thing that I've run into and, you know, I I would wish that, you know, wish this on anybody, of course, but um, everybody's, your parents are also getting older and you may be done raising your kids, but it's also an opportunity to step in. Um, I know I had, my father fell last August and broke his ankle and it's kind of created a, every Tuesday I go clean for him um, and hang out and we just watch TV. There's not that much to clean, but um, I think exercise and taking care of yourself gives you that opportunity to kind of give back. You know, you've, you've, you've gotten your kids out of the way a little bit, but, you know, giving back to your parents or to those o- older uh, influences that you've had in your life has become um, a bit of a focus for me as well. But on the flip side, it can be easy to replace all the things you were doing now with those other obligations and still not take care of yourself. So it's very key to find that balance. It is. It's very key to find that balance. But I also find, um, you know, my dad fell. He, he healed. That's great. For some people, they, you know, their parents may require a little more help. If that's something that you want to be able to be there for, then you need to make sure you're taking care of yourself so that you can actually physically perform those things if there's any of that, you know, physical involved. We've got to be strong at every stage to be there for everybody else in our life and not just ourselves. It's not a selfish thing to want to exercise. No, it's not. No, it's not at all. So if you still have kids at your house and maybe they're in that very interesting teenage phase. Can we talk about tips now for taking care of your teens, balancing their social lives and their obligations as well as our own as moms? Yes. So um, I have two teens and I feel like I have one that's a Kardashian because he's got such a busy schedule. All I do is Uber drive him all over the place. So I feel like I have two jobs, not only just a parent and coach, but also an Uber driver. But um I've always, like Kathy, I have very similar uh, routine where I get up before life starts, so to speak, before the kids get up, I get up and I go into the rooms and I say, guys, I'm going to the gym. I'll be back in a little bit. The alarm set. Make sure you guys get up with the alarm. And I usually call them while I'm at the gym just to make sure that they're up and get moving. But yeah, so um, I've always ingrained that that time is important to them. But I also want them to understand that this is part of a lifestyle that's not they're both in sports. My youngest one is a runner as well. And he used to be a lacrosse player too. So I want them to understand that this is how you take care of your body. And this is what you need to do to prevent injuries and so on. So they've come with me to the gym as well and worked out and they understand the importance of working out to make sure that they are uh, injury free as well as ready to face the challenges of running and doing the sports that they do. And I know, of course, you do not let them beat you, Andrea, but you show them how it's actually (laughs) done in the gym. Yes, yes. I mean, they've told me many times, like, Mom, I don't think, you know, am I doing this? Or and they'll be like, boys, you need need to do it this way. And they'd be like, "Uh," you know, and so yeah, I do get the challenge of, you know, does mom really know? And 
but on the offset, I really feel bad that they have me as a mom too, because they're like, oh, this hurts. I'm like, do it. Keep doing it. You're fine. Keep going. <laughs> it's a good thing. You're teaching them to push, to embrace the, the being uncomfortable or being comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. They don't get the sympathy for me when I'm like, nope, 30 more seconds. Let's go. <laughs> and you're showing them that it's okay to prioritize yourself and have your own things that are not negotiable in your life. And it's not a selfish thing, but it's something you're doing for a purpose. Absolutely. They know that that time at the gym, if they're not with me, that that is my time to only bother me for emergencies. I mean, they're older now that they're a little bit more independent. One's driving, one's not. So they can take care of themselves where I don't have to be at their beck and call, so to speak. Although I think they would like me to be at their beck and call. But they know that when I'm there or when I'm out for a run, only call me if it's an emergency kind of thing. But I think it's hard to set those boundaries. And I think it's very easy to become a time martyr, whether or not it's for our kids, for our job, for whatever else. How do you go about setting those boundaries and not just letting your time become everyone else's? That's one of my biggest things. I mean, everyone says they're busy. Everyone's busy. I get it. We are all busy. How about how many times do we sit there and scroll and scroll and scroll? You know, stop with the time waste or the time sucks and really figure out what you want to do within your day. I figure out that my exercise comes first because I know I need to get it done first. Otherwise, I can't take care of anyone else. I'm irritable. I'm cranky. You know, I didn't get my time to fill my cup, so to speak. So I need to make sure that I fill my cup first before I can help them. And in terms of balancing food, okay, teenagers maybe aren't as picky as, you know, little kids, but they can have their opinions about food. And sometimes it's not the healthiest opinions about food. How do you balance teaching them to fuel, fueling yourself, creating that good uh, representation for them, but also not forcing them into habits that might not align with what they need? Absolutely. I think it's, uh, I think having good food and, you know, focusing on protein, we do that a lot. We make sure we have a protein shake before school. Even if we're drinking it on the way to school, we bring disposable toothbrushes so that way they can at least get that done before that happens. But we focus on protein here. But also I, I make sure that they have a decent dinner. You know, I know what they're going to eat at school is school food. And when they come home, they're ravenous. So I make sure that there's some things for them to eat. But I do, I'm a vegetarian. I don't force the kids to be vegetarian and that's fine. But I make sure that they have their protein. But a lot of times they're picking off of my plate too. So they like to have their palates are pretty expanded, which I'm pretty proud of, you know, but I make sure that they always have a vegetable, a good protein and a good source of carbohydrate, so to speak. And they make sure that they're full throughout the day, but lots of snacks. I mean, I'm at Costco every week, you know, getting whatever I need to get. And in terms of balancing that meal prep and getting them involved, because teenagers are going to be going off to college and then they're going to be responsible for their own meals and taking care of themselves. And you don't want them gaining the freshman 15. How are you reinforcing those healthy habits to make sure that you're sort of saying, okay, now you're off on your own, but I know you're going to feel well. Absolutely. We do meal prep on Sundays and I have them do it. I'm like, okay guys, this is what we're going to have for the week. What are you thinking? What do you want most of? They love tacos. It's a big thing. So we make sure that we make tacos. We make sure we cut up the vegetables, those type of things. We have protein bars that I make. So they have those things and they see that I'm doing it and they know that that day is dedicated to that specifically. But that's been something that's a non-negotiable as well that I, you know, nope, we've got a meal prep tonight. I know we're all tired, but we got to get this done. I love that. And I love tacos too. So I'm all for the taco meal prep. Now diving into even younger families, Starting those healthy habits early on, 
How can we find that balance of educating our kids as early as possible while creating not even a pressure around food, not a pressure around exercise? Because I think it is that difficult balance of, I want you to have these healthy habits, but I also don't want to force something on you. So can we talk a little bit about that, Erica? Yes, absolutely. So just to give you a background of me, I have two beautiful children. I have a boy and a girl. I have a nine-year-old and a soon-to-be seven-year-old. So I am in the nitty-gritty of childhood, I guess, so to speak. As you can see, I'm in my basement because I am hiding from my family right now to have this podcast. So part of motherhood is not always pretty, and that's okay. I feel like a lot of times we have to be okay with it not being pretty and not being perfect. Now, going back to nutrition and how I tackle this with my children, I know at this age, it gets people get really sensitive about talking about food to children. They don't even want to talk about it. They don't want to bring it up. And I feel like at this age, this is the wonderful time when they're actually listening to you, right? Prior to the teenager years, when they're really not listening to you all the time, right? So at this time, they will ask you really wonderful questions. And you're there as their source of truth to give them those answers. You're there to help tell them that protein, fat, and carbs are all important. Nothing should be demonized at any time. Calories, it's just a number. Right. So like, how do we focus on educating our children at this age? That way, as they get older, they can make smarter choices themselves. And I like to lead by example. So this is why I love when people come in and they have this age group because they say, I don't want to track in front of my kids. I feel like I'm pushing something on them. And you're not right in your way of educating yourself. You're also educating them as well. And by improving your diet, you're more than likely going to improve theirs as well. And this is at a time when they're growing. They're growing big time, right? So if you need to work on your own diet, then you probably need to work on your kid's diet too, right? And you can all come together to learn about it, to grow about it, and to come together as a family about how you're going to approach it going forward. Now, like I said, I have young children, so workouts for me are also (laughs) interesting sometimes. My schedule fluctuates month to month, season by season. So right now my kids are in school, so I can do my workout in the morning the way that I want to, but they're about to not be in school anymore. So this is an example of those transition periods that we have to be okay with and we have to plan for. Because just because my kids are home, doesn't mean that I can forget about filling my own glass, even though they're home. It just means that I have to flex and I have to change my scheduling so that way I can still accommodate what they need to do as well. So so many key tips there. And I just want to break apart a few different things because I think there's so many points that you really touched on. One being that we can, at this age, influence the mindsets they have towards tools, right? Because I do think there's a lot of power given to towards tools because of how we've approached dieting in the past or how we were taught dieting and the influences that we had. So we can change tracking from being something that's restrictive and only about losing weight and negative to something that's about learning to feel better, right? We can change these different mindsets around these different tools to encourage our kids to lead their healthiest, happiest lives and not get to that point. And then I also love that you touched on having to flex as the schedules change, because I think, you know, whether we have young kids, old kids, no kids, bazillion kids, parents that have become our, you know, adopted kids now, whatever it is, our schedule will evolve over the year and being okay with that and embracing that there are going to be seasons to the year to our lives is really key that we're always meeting ourselves where we're at. 
No, absolutely. And I just want to talk about that first thing that you said about like breaking old habits and going back in terms of like how we educate them. So I know I'm not alone that I saw my mother like diet incorrectly, I guess the quote is, saw her stepping on the scale and always feeling down about herself about that number. And for me, I try to spin it the other way. I step on the scale and I tell my kids, wow, your mom has gotten really strong, right? Or I'll even bring them to the gym with me. Instead of using workouts as being something that I'm beating myself up about, I'll let them try to lift up the weight and they'll say, wow, you are really strong. I can't believe you lift that up. I can't believe it, right? So this is that age that you can really influence them positively about not only food, but workouts too. So just be open about sharing that with them. I think you even shared a picture at one point and it was the ab wheel that they were rocking because you had them doing that. Yeah, that's a killer. (laughs) My kids have been in Iraq as well. So they are learning these things. They're experiencing these things. They're lifting no weight at all, but they're having a lot of fun doing it. And in terms of someone struggling right away right now to make that time for themselves with their young children, what would you recommend is the first step to helping build in that focus time for you? Absolutely. So first I would talk to the family, have a mini family meeting and just say, this is what mom wants to prioritize. Mom wants to spend even starting with 15 minutes a day to be alone. It doesn't have to be a full hour. It can be 15 minutes. And when they're little, they understand that. They can understand that piece of it. And after you get started there, you can start pushing it out. Like mom's going to go for a walk. It's okay to do that. You have to give yourself permission to do that. But you also have to loop in the family as well and let them know why you're doing that as well. Awesome. And making time for yourself gets potentially even more difficult when you are the only one even doing the parenting, Jamie. So can you talk about the struggles to be a single parent, balance your goals, your priorities with making, you know, family life a priority for yourself as well? Yeah, I think the biggest balance is the, I love that you guys brought up flexibility is the fact that it looks different, right? When you have your kids and you don't have your kids, all of a sudden you go from um, being the Uber driver, like Andrea said, and, you know, having all this, like no time to yourself to a lot of time where your diet looks a little bit different. And it's like, holy cow, I can spend any time I want at the gym, right? So it's like, it's very, very different. So flexibility is huge. And as a mom that's raising daughters as well, that's really big too. So for me, like when time is limited and um, I have to get that workout on, right? That's a non-negotiable for me, fill my cup up first. Um, Getting them involved going downstairs, have like a mini gym, they do gymnastics, they see mom working out. It's something that we can do together. And it's something that's done consistently. So it doesn't feel tedious for them. They know that they can have fun doing it as well. They do little plank challenges with me and things like that. So I think that's super fun. And then knowing that it's going to look different and I can go to the gym and have my lifting days Um, when I do have time, right? So a big thing is meal prep, meal prep, meal prep and Costco. I think buying things in bulk, having things that are not going to go bad. So having, 
you know, emergency frozen vegetables and things like that on hand. So when you do, when you're running to softball or cheerleading or something like that, you already have your stuff to go. I have it to go with me and I'm eating at the softball field or things like that. Just making those things a priority because yeah, we're all busy, right? Like it's just time is limited, but I, I always keep in mind that I'm a better person and I'm a better mom when I do m an hour of me time and have that non-negotiable time for myself. I love those tips to make it budget friendly as well, because I do, and I've actually seen this a lot on recent videos where I've talked about increasing protein where people be like, well, that's super expensive. How do you approach shopping? I know you mentioned getting a lot of frozen things, which I love too, because I hate when things go to waste, but how else do you really make your meal prep as budget friendly as possible? Amazon subscriptions are really great, <laughs> right? So having that on rotation and also knowing sales. So going to your local grocery store and kind of knowing, okay, when something is buy one, get one free, capitalizing on those things and buying the fruits that are in season, going to local grocery stores. I like shopping local and buying from local farmers and farmers markets. That's also a great option and getting your kids involved too within that and within meal prep. I know for me, uh, meals for me look different, right? Than the kids, but it's funny because now all of a sudden mommy's food tastes really good. And now they're asking for things that mommy's eating without me even asking. And now the lunches are looking a little bit different. So it's, it's funny full circle how that comes into play. Yeah. <laughs> And I know sometimes it's a struggle where you have your specific goals. You want to fuel your kids and give them what they want. How do you balance potentially making slightly different things for yourself while not feeling overworked to make two different meals or feel like you're doing prep for days and days on end to balance their needs and your needs? Yeah. So tacos are, are a big thing in our house too, right? So I love implementing cauliflower rice. I'm a bulk volume girl. So um, kind of having little tips and tricks with that to where I can make tacos for them and I can make my taco bowl and making it a little bit more protein heavy for me. Spaghetti is another one that's huge in the house as well. So having the things that we have like one common a food item that we like, and then having little substitutes within that, that I know are go-tos for me as well as them is a huge thing. Yeah. I love that. The build your own plate, right? You can have a lot of different dishes where each person, and then if anybody doesn't like a specific food, you're not prepping even different things for them. They can all do whatever they want. Yeah. And then in terms of encouraging your girls to see exercise even as something that they want to do that's promoting strength, because I think especially when we're, you know, raising that next generation of female, females, promoting strength over just going to cardio or feeling like it has to be all about weight loss and aesthetics is super key. How do you have that conversation with them when they see you also training? Yeah, they, they see how much fun I'm having with it. It's not a stress thing for me. You know, they see that I'm having fun doing it downstairs. We put on the loud music. We have a dance party afterwards. You know, they're involved because they're doing their gymnastics. So it's something that it's not tedious in the fact that like, okay, now we're going to the gym, hurry up, we've got to make it. It's not daunting for them. It's something like, let's go downstairs, let's get our sneakers on, we're going to turn on Taylor Swift, and we're just going to jam out. So I think knowing them seeing the value that it adds to me and to their life, I think creates um, a funness and a curiosity for them to want to kind of get involved. Yeah. And then for all of you busy moms, eating out with kids, okay? 
kids don't necessarily, sometimes they have more advanced palates, but you know, sometimes they don't. How do you balance the restaurant choices, your healthy lifestyle goals, even teaching them to want to fuel well and make good decisions? Let's talk about eating out in general. I can start things off. So I have two little ones or medium children, I guess. I actually love going to the restaurant because this is the time where they can pick whatever they want on that menu and I can still pick what I need from that menu. So it allows them to have that free choice. It allows them to have a little bit more fun without putting that stress on myself. But knowing ahead of time, it allows me to choose like that chicken salad instead, right? That way I can plan the rest of my day around that and they can still have fun and eat the things that I necessarily may not be able to fit in my meal plan for that day. So it allows them to have a little bit more freedom. And kind of to umbrella under um, that too, Erica, I think it allows them to try things that maybe you want them to try, but now all of a sudden it looks like enticing because you're at a restaurant and like, oh my gosh, like mommy's chicken didn't look so good, but ooh, at this restaurant, you know, I, it's it's really good, right? So I think it's an opportunity that you're not, feel like you're not wasting food because it's just coming from your plate, right? But then it's like with all the fancy lights and stuff, all of a sudden it looks so yummy, so... You know, on the other side of that, I would say, like when my kids were younger, we would go, you know, maybe it was we were traveling and it was fast food and I'm not a big fast food eater, you know, but what kid doesn't like, you know, a McDonald's French fries or whatever. Um, but I would go along and I would make the best possible choice. And then I would just say, we're on vacation. It's okay. Like finding that balance, because I don't think you know, obviously we want on that every day for our kids to see that those, those good positive things, we want them to make the better choices. We want them to um, know that that's really um, where they should be on for the most part. But, you know, every once in a while, it's, it's not, it's not problem, a problem. It's not, it's moderation. So um, I think that plays into that. Even, even mom will have like, you know, surprise or mom, you know, so that it doesn't seem like, we're just really super rigid about it. I love that. You're striking your balance. Not to interrupt you, Andrea, but I was like, that is striking your balance. Like that's showing that it's it's good to have other foods and it's not always just about having to focus on aesthetic goals or health goals or whatever other goals. You can sometimes just say, yeah, I want some french fries. So I was just going to piggyback off of what everyone says, but my my our experience is a little bit different. There's no more leftovers. I, I, I'll like have something left and they're like, mom, can I have that? And we went out to uh, celebrate my mom's birthday at this big Italian restaurant. And um, I think my my youngest ate the rest of my food, the rest of my sister's food, the rest of my mom's food. And my sister went to the bathroom. I felt so bad. She went to the bathroom. And Reese is like, do you think Aunt Chrissy's done with it? And I'm like, well, let's wait till she gets back. Let's not just dive in. <laughs> so I think it's a little bit different. It's like how much more food we can order kind of thing, you know, and they they get the, uh, they don't order from the kids menu anymore. They order the big extravagant meals. So, which is fine. You know, we go out to eat and it's, it's a good time. Well, I love that. Although it does stink to not have the leftovers. If you do want the meal prep for later, you know, but I guess you can order even extra, but these tips have been amazing for moms at every stage. And I appreciate you all sharing them. Any closing thoughts for parents really looking to prioritize their needs, their goals that have been struggling to find that balance with you know, even feeling guilty with family life and potentially also their job as well. But I just want to say that it's really important to recognize that prioritizing yourself and your needs will not negatively affect your family at all. And it's not being greedy. It's not being selfish. It's about 
putting your line in the sand and saying, this is where my boundary is. This is what I want for myself. And this is everything else that I can give to you. And so recognizing that that's okay. Giving yourself permission to feel that and giving yourself permission to do that. Totally agree with what Erica said. And I think Erica, you had mentioned this too. It's nothing's perfect. Nothing's ever going to be perfect, but do it in small chunks. Change is hard. Change is always hard. And if this is a new habit you're trying to create, like you said, Erica, sit your family down. This is important to me and mom needs this time and you're going to be a much better mom for it. Yeah. And I was going to say kind of reflecting after that, like once you get out of the gym and feel like how that feels and you go back and you're like this, like, you know, mom 2.0 or whatever. And like recognizing that like stepping out of your outside of yourself and seeing that I think kind of takes the selfishness, like feeling that we all feel out of it and go, wow, like, yeah, I have more patience today. Like I'm being more compromising and things like that. I think acknowledging those small wins for yourself kind of makes it, um, the guilt kind of go away. I would just say, especially as your kids get older, you have this whole other life now. Like you have all these other things and all, you know, like I said, my son came home. I have a daughter graduating from college tomorrow. My oldest daughter is getting married in the fall. There are so many fun things to look forward to and prioritizing yourself so that you can enjoy those things, that you could be a part of those things is not in the least bit selfish. Well, I love all this. And there have been so many great tips for all the moms out there looking to make healthy changes for themselves who might have been struggling with the balancing act that is parenting. So thank you all so much for coming on and discussing this with me today. It can be incredibly hard to hold ourselves accountable. It's easy to say, I want to do things and then let all these other things get in the way during your day and have your workout that you were going to do in the morning, get pushed the evening, and then you're tired and you don't do it. So I wanted to share a really important accountability hack and something that I've seen pay off personally and with a lot of my clients as well. And it's actually scheduling something on the calendar and putting it in a public place and announcing it. Okay. So that's a lot of things, I guess, but it's the accountability of having something written out that is so key. If we've mapped out our workouts for the week, we know what we're going to do. We then won't get into the workout and be like, oh, well, maybe I'll do this because this equipment's in use or I only have this. No, you know what you're supposed to do and there's accountability in that. It's a lot easier to skip something when there's nothing solid. So if you have that thing written out, if you post that even someplace public, like if you put it on your fridge where you can see it, if you have it on your Google calendar where it alerts you, if there's something that's holding you accountable because there is a visual to it and it is firmly written out, there's going to be extra accountability in it. It's why I am going to link in the video description and the show notes as well to an accountability calendar. This allows you to map out your weekly schedule so you can write out, I'm doing anterior this day, posterior this day, I'm going for a run this day and have that accountability. And then yes, you're going to want to make sure that you schedule on your Google calendar. So it gives you alerts. Maybe you put on the family calendar so that it's out in public and people know when you're going to be training and you don't have to feel guilty about making that time for yourself, but you want someplace that it's firmly announced and really there in your face, especially to start so that you have that solid plan. You have that firm commitment because as silly as it might seem, it's a lot easier when you just say, I'm going to work out today. I'm going to maybe do something in this realm than when you actually have it written out and that firm plan in place that allows for a lot better implementation. So summarizing how this accountability hack works, 
Use the schedule that I'm gonna to link to in the show notes to write out what workouts you're doing on what days. I highly recommend you put the time on there, the time you're actually gonna go do it. Once you've completed it, check that thing off. If you're like me, it feels really good. I actually put a star on there so you can color it in gold, give yourself a gold star. But have that then put out on the fridge, put on your family calendar, put in your Google calendar with alerts, but give yourself those reminders and that firm plan written out so that you have no excuses, you can't make any deviations, there's something to make you even feel guilty if you don't do it, because I think that can really help us become more conscious of unconscious habits and make those changes unlearning things that we were doing and learning new things that we wanna implement. So go download that, try implementing it. I love to even hear what kind of splits for your workouts that you're planning to use and how many gold stars you got this week using this implementation. Your healthy lifestyles can really impact the entire family. And this can be both in a positive and feel sometimes like a negative, okay? When you're trying to map out your macros, it can feel like you have to make two meals. It can feel like you're forcing your family to eat different things. So it can feel a little challenging, but it can also have a very positive impact if we choose to see it that way. And if we choose to really adjust our lifestyle to be sustainable for us, okay? So this, when you're changing your macros, it doesn't have to mean changing every meal you're making for your family. However, it can also be a way that now you're exploring how to add in more healthy foods to your family's diet. And if you're thinking, well, that's all well and good, but my family doesn't really like vegetables, my kids are anti-vegetable, I wanted to share some tips to actually hide vegetables in more meals to get that diversity, help yourself even potentially hit your macros better, get that micronutrient intake that you all want to be healthy, okay? And just remember, when you are making those macro changes, Again, it can feel like we're making changes that are negatively impacting our family, but instead of trying to force changes on them, remember you can adjust other meals around it and then plan in that family meal you do love so that it doesn't have to be a negative. You can do build your own tacos or build your own salads so that way you can hit your macros in a way that doesn't impact other people, okay? So there can be totally no impact on the rest of the family without being also crazy extra work for you. But if you are like, this is my opportunity to add in those other healthy foods, I wanted to give you some ways to hide vegetables and things and also hit your macros. So number one is blend them into smoothies, sauces, or mashes. You can hide a lot of different things by adding in other flavors. So if you're using like a smoothie, think of a two to one ratio of a sweet fruit to also adding in something like spinach or kale. By blending that in, you can get in those extra micronutrients. You can give your kids even that bump in a smoothie that they won't necessarily notice. Uh, things really work well to mask it are berries, tropical fruits, or even nut butters. And that way you're getting a lot of micros into something that can pack a really nutritional punch. You can also add your protein powder to help yourself better hit your macros to that while getting a lot of micros, okay? You can also blend things like cauliflower into Alfredo sauce or tomato sauce. Uh, it can beef up your, your sauces, make things more flavorful, potentially even allow you to take out some of the carbs, but add those micros to things and help you even reduce the calories to hit your micro, um, macros as well but it can also hide that vegetable flavor if you have some anti-vegetable eaters in your family. The second thing is to pull out the crock pot. By allowing things to marinate a lot longer in a lot of different seasonings and spices and sauces, a lot of times we can end up hiding the flavor more. So if you are making like a chicken dish, you throw some vegetables in there, a lot of times it can take on the other flavors of the dish in that marinating in the crock pot for longer. Or if you're making a sauce in the crock pot when the vegetables are allowed to sit in it, they're gonna take in a lot more of that sauce from 
what you're making. So allow things to marinate in there, even adding broths to the different vegetables to hide the flavor a little bit more. And again, that can allow you to then work them into mashes and different things like that, where you can add or potentially take away a little bit of the carbs. So if you like use cauliflower with potato, you can cut the carbs in half, reduce the calories in that by adding cauliflower and potato and also increase the micronutrient intake. If you did marinate everything together with a little bit of broth, butter, whatever else you want. Okay. And this is also where swapping your starches can come into play. So I am big on, you wanna make swaps where you don't sacrifice something that really matters to you, okay? So for me, I, I, I've tried the cauliflower crust, the cauliflower different things for breads, and I actually did find one that I like, but it's not a bread repla uh, replacement. It tastes like potato latkes to me, which actually tastes really good, but I use it for something separate. So I am not gonna swap in my pizza dough for a cauliflower pizza crust most of the time. I found a couple I sort of like, but for me, that swap isn't something sustainable. It's not the real thing. However, I do find that a lot of times like swapping in, you know, some cauliflower with some potato, I don't mind that mash. To me, that tastes the same. It's the same flavor. I still get my potato, but I also have that cauliflower, the extra micronutrient intake. I've lowered the calories, lowered the carbs. It finds my balance. So for me, that is the balance. So think about where you can swap your starches. Maybe you don't necessarily swap all your rice for cauliflower rice because it doesn't taste like the same thing, but you feel like you can cut your rice in half while adding in that cauliflower. So think about ways that you can find a balance because it doesn't have to be that all or nothing cauliflower rice or potato. It can be little half swaps where we're getting more of the vegetables and cutting back on carbs where we need or cutting back on calories where we need, but we're not sacrificing the feel or the flavor or the overall like dish for ourselves. So we're feeling like we're having to eat diet food, right? We don't want that. Okay. And I also find that adding in like a little butter to those mashes can really help. And you might think, okay, well that's calories too. Yes, but it can be good calories if you're on a higher fat ratio can be really you know helpful as well and we do want some fats when we are taking in those vegetables to help us absorb more of the nutrients we forget that a lot right but those fats are really key to make sure that we're actually getting the nutrition that we need from those vegetables that we're consuming you can also think about swapping in things like chickpea or lentil pastas if you do want to make a pasta uh, or even trying some baked carrots and something along with sweet potato fries. Again, it doesn't have to be sweet potato fries or baked carrots. It could be half and half and that way you're sort of getting the feel of both and you might find you even like that mix better. Uh, I even like doing zucchini noodles. They don't replace pasta for me, but they're an extra different dish that I can work in. And I think it's having fun sometimes experimenting with those new recipes where you like the flavors even of those different things. And you might find that your kids thinking it's you know a fun noodle thing to slurp on, they might like it as well, even if it doesn't taste at all like actual pasta. So it's seeing where you can even work things in, hiding them, even if they know they're actually taking in vegetables just because it's a fun new uh, method of taking in the vegetables. Like sometimes the chips are fun and they're different because they can dip them in different things. And that's actually tip number four is dip into things or dip them, uh, create dips even. So dips like guacamole, hummus, spinach, artichoke dip. Not only can you mix vegetables actually into those different dips and hide them in the dips, but it can make vegetables more tasty if you do bake them into chips to then dip them into that. So you can do a lot of fun things. Uh, you might even find mixing like ranch seasoning with Greek yogurt. Then you can even dip carrots into it or even cut up the carrots really small, like dice them up, blend them up and put them into that mix. And no one is the wiser and they enjoy it as well. Well. And then you can even dip pretzels into it and hide them that way and get a little pretzel fix, bump your carbs if you do have more carbs to use and have a fun snack for your kids as well. The last thing is just to make it fun. 
Because I think so often instead we feel like it's a chore or we feel like we have to eat things instead of saying, hey, how can I have fun with my meals? How can I get creative? How can I make little tweaks that allow me to still enjoy my pizza, enjoy my pasta, and even have a new recipe that I like potentially even more than the old recipe or alongside it to make whatever macros I do have as they shift work. But think about different ways that you can, you know, hide things, make it a fun, creative, you know, challenge to see what you can do in terms of it. Like, how can you put vegetables into tacos in a way that tastes good? Can you, you know, put them in the air fryers and roast up some cauliflower there and then add it to a taco with some meat? Or can it be a fun side? Or can it be dipped into something different? Can you add, you know, different vegetables to a fried rice even or to a casserole or into a pizza? What can you do that can make things fun and tasty and also help you hit your macros? And impact your your family's health in a positive way when you're making these changes for yourself. Because I think there is really a way to find balance where we're hitting our macros, achieving our goals. And again, us sort of leading by example, we're also then improving our family's health and making them see that adjusting our nutrition doesn't have to feel like we're on a diet. It can be something that we're doing for our health to move and feel our best to, to really fuel our body and honor our body as much as possible. So I hope these tips helped. I love to hear how you pack in more micronutrients to your dishes and the things that your family enjoy them in. I don't have time. A lot of us have said this excuse. This comes up very often. And I think it stems from the fact that a lot of us want to do what we consider to be the ideal. We hear an hour a day in the gym, six days a week is like this ideal. And so we try and shoot for this. And if we can't do that, we just don't have enough time. But ultimately what leads to success is us designing for the time we realistically have. And I can tell you that while I might even have my ideal progression written out each and every time, there are things that come up and I can't do it. So I always have that plan B in place. I always have that 15 minute option that I can go to. And when you're thinking about designing those quick workouts for yourself, I wanna give you one of my favorite tips to make sure that you actually then do them. Because I think what can happen is we think, oh, well, I'm gonna cut out these different things and then this will be short enough. But then either we don't start it because we feel stressed wondering if we're actually gonna be able to get it in and we rush through everything in it because we're like, okay, well, if I get it done faster, I've gotten it done faster. So if you say have 15 minutes to train and you wanna design exactly for that 15 minutes, use intervals or use time circuits, okay? This is my hack to always making sure that I'm able to use whatever time I have because that way I don't have to wonder if I'm gonna be able to fit it in in the 15 minutes, the 10 minutes, the five minutes, the 20 minutes, whatever I have, I know that everything is mapped out to be able to fit into that time. I might time my foam rolling, stretching and activation, or I might do a time circuit where I know I'm gonna flow through a few different things to address whatever's tight and say five minutes and then go into the other workout. But by timing it, I'm less likely to rush through or skip things because I know I have the time for it. I've mapped in, this is what I'm doing in this time and I have this time to do that. So I'm not gonna rush through the reps. I'm gonna be able to be more intentional with the moves versus if you say you have to do eight to 12 reps, if you're short on time, you're really tempted A, to do eight, but B, to rush through as fast as possible, which is where we start to compensate. We don't push ourselves as hard with the movement. You know, we don't take the time and give the workout the intentionality we should. So time, circuits, and intervals. And often we do use intervals when it comes to our cardio workouts, but we don't think about them in terms of our strength, but you can still use them in terms of your strength and they can be very, very effective if you are more short on time, because what you can do is you can do a harder move and build up the volume over that one minute, right? Instead of feeling like you have to do more rounds, add in more rest, you can really use training density to your advantage where you're trying to get in one more rep of a very hard exercise to that one minute. Or if you have a five minute circuit, try and choose a move that you can really only do five reps of and then cycle between body parts being worked to be able to come back to that move and end up working 
up in volume over the rounds of it, even though you can only do three reps of it at a time. So think about the most challenging moves you can use and then creating that volume. If you have that minute of work, don't pick something you can do for that full minute. Pick a push-up variation that you have to stop 20 seconds in, go like a couple seconds of shaking out your arms and then go back to doing it so that you have to sort of pause and use that rest pause technique to actually work for the entire minute. But you end up busting out a lot more reps than you would if you just even said eight to 12 because you're potentially gonna get 15, 20, 25 in that one minute with a few intervals of rest. Or if you're like, okay, I'm gonna have to rest for like 30 seconds to be able to recover, modify. Do reps past failure and that you started from your toes and now you're off the bench and now you're even off the wall because you're trying to keep moving through that entire minute. But don't give yourself something that you can do for the entire five minutes of work that you just stop at for the minute, right? You wanna do something that challenges you, that forces you to have to do the lower reps and build up the volume over that time. But that is one of my most important focuses when I am short on time is creating a workout that doesn't allow me to rush through, that allows me to be secure in knowing I can get it done in whatever time frame I have. So if you are really looking to design for 15 minutes, consider intervals, consider time circuits. That works for five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. And if you are looking for things laid out, guys, I am gonna link to my dynamic strength app that does have a fab and 15 progression that comes along with it in that first month so that you can make sure that you're getting in a workout because I know we have that tendency to think, oh, well, if it's not the ideal, it's not good enough, but something is better than nothing and it keeps us in the habit. And if you design for the time you have, Trust me, that is gonna make you see results far faster than trying to shoot for some ideal. So I hope that tip helped of using the intervals or time circuits. It's a great hack if you are short in time, but you wanna be intentional with your training. Well, that is a wrap for this episode of the Fitness Hacks Podcast. I hope if you are a busy parent, a busy mom, that these tips really helped you not feel selfish, prioritize yourself, and find ways to really match your needs and goals while creating a sustainable lifestyle and owning your priorities. 